Uh, Alan! Brandon, I'm here to do the recording! Guys? Guys? Oh, they're not in the Skype call. No. What? No, nope, not. Who is... who... what? <laughs> oh, you know, just some other guy. Oh my goodness, this totally wasn't planned at all. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> mystery voice. <laughs> You're not allowed to plan things. This is undercooked analysis. Thank you, that is very true. Um, but so they say the best laid plans of mice and uh, pasta, I, I, I don't know. I don't believe I'm a mouse or a pasta. Who are you, sir? Maybe you should introduce yourself to the uh, listeners out there. Uh, I am TJ Dash. You may know me from... Uh, Kendall Cove, The Disappearance of Ashley, Kansas, or The Song and Dance Man. The Song and Dance Man. That was, uh, yeah. So we have in our midst, everybody, a, uh, a Midnight Marinara veteran at this point. Once you're three episodes in, you're a Midnight Marinara veteran. Yeah, three episodes over, like, two years. Yeah. <laughs> It's even so. I mean, the, that's the thing with an uh, ever-changing ensemble cast uh, with with that podcast. If you've been in more than uh, three episodes, then you're you're a regular. Well, I certainly hope I'll be back. Uh, most definitely. This is not Midnight Marinara, however, as if you're listening to this, then you are listening to Undercooked Analysis. Uh, today it is just me and TJ, uh, kind of like the the old the old days when it was just like. Me, Kayla, or me and Kayla, or me and some other random person that I would pull on to uh, talk about a story. And um, I'm happy to be the random person to be pulled on. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not pulling too hard. I'll let you know if it do. Oh. If, if it do, whatever that means. Okay, okay. Now this is normally the part where someone would make a chafey joke, but... Uh... <laughs> I don't. I think those are copyrighted. I don't. I don't. I don't want to touch that. Don't want to step on any toes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, I have to be careful about that myself because I'm actually even sure I have the copyright to the the Chafee moniker. I think that's either Alan or uh, Dead Palette who has that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> All right. So, what are we doing today? Well. Uh, one of the things I've wanted to do for a long time uh, was to get some of the uh, the voice talent from uh, Midnight Marinara onto Undercooked Analysis to talk about either stories they've enjoyed or stories that they would like to analyze. Now, when we discussed this before we actually started the recording, I pitched a couple stories, you pitched a story, we kind of talked about it a little bit, and uh, ultimately I thought, eh, it might be more fun if, if you shared a story with me that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So, <laughs> so tonight uh, we're going to be reading a story from uh, No Sleep called "The Soul Game." The the uh, the probably the most commonly convent or common convention for naming a creepypasta is the blank game. <laughs> I would say uh, that is a pretty normal convention uh, for naming creepypasta. Um, I mean, there's a there's a lot of we we've had the devil game. Yeah, we've had the um, the name game, or was that a song? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I and yet they all slip my mind right now. Yeah, I, I literally the only one I can think of is the Devil Game, and that's because we have covered that one on Midnight Marinara. Um, 
but yeah, um, I'm going into this one blind, but uh, I know you've read this before, and this, which is why you pitched it. Uh, why this particular story? Um, I, I think it's probably better if I if I address that after we've read it. You know, that is a very good point. I will grant you that. You know, as my benevolence as a as a host, I will grant you that. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is um, the Soul Game, and unlike other ones, I'm going to say I'm going to credit the author right from the get-go. This is uh, credited to Bloodworth. By the way, that's all caps. Bloodworth. Yes, I, I believe that's Christopher Bloodworth. Um, he has a, a few others that got some traction. Um, Booth World Industries is one of them, mm-hmm. uh, which is an anagram of the name. Oh, uh, but yeah, Bloodworth Booth World. I, I get that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and some other ones I think that I can't think of right now. Do you think that's a – I, I, is that a pen name or do you think that's his it actual last be. name? Because I, I would think. Because Bloodworth would be one hell of a last name. Yeah. Very, very apt as well. Mm-hmm. Makes you sound like you come from a very, very old family. Like so old that if you went back to like Scotland, you'd find an old mansion in the still held by your uh, – like – in your hereditary uh, name. Yeah. It, it, it also, like, it, it screams, we are obviously vampires. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, Christopher Bloodworth is not interested in draining anyone's blood, just sharing stories that uh, unnerve and uh, uh, cause no sleep, hence the uh, location here. Yes. Uh, all right, so uh, let's go ahead and dive dive right into the Soul game uh, and see if this is as uh, good a game as uh, Breath of the Wild. Probably not, but, uh, you know, that's on my mind, still on my mind. All right, so uh, how do you want to do this since it's uh, kind of broken up a lot? Um, we'll still do it popcorn style. I think that will make it more fun, so we'll still just do by paragraph, but some of these paragraphs are indeed tiny. So um, we'll just kind of go back and forth, and if either of us feels a sufficient place to pause and maybe talk about what's going on, uh, we can do that. Uh, all right, sounds good. This really does feel like old school undercooked analysis. Because <laughs> yeah, you're with someone who has no idea what they're doing. That's Hey, that's okay. I don't know what I'm doing half the time either, so it's all good. It's in the name of the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. Man, man, it feels good to be doing this again. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll start then. Be my guest. Guest. Uh, First, I need to apologize to you, No Sleep. I am so sorry. I'm coming to you in my time of need. Please help me. Please read this to the end. That's it. That's all I ask. I don't know what to do or where to turn. Please just help me. That's all I ask. My name is Andrea, and I'm a single mother. Shocking. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Just hearing hearing that come, hearing yes. that line said with your smooth, sonorous voice is. <laughs> I sound like a single mother to you. I well, I've never been a single mother, so I don't know. Um, I don't tell you like this like it's some badge of honor, and I'm expecting cookies, milk, and chocolate covered snowflakes like most of the others in my social circle world. They want your pats on the back and recognition. I just want some of your time. Is, is that something single mothers want? Um, 
probably not so blatantly. I think that that this is some like they're uh, saying or she's saying that they're being like, you know, they want the attention, but they would never say that. They want they want all of these things. They want to be given chocolate cookies. Yeah, milk. like it's like it's a humble brag to say you're a single mother. Oh, OK. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't strike me as a humble brag. Anyway. No. Well, that's that's this mother's perspective anyway, I guess. Right. OK. So I'm just trying to get a sense of where our mother's mind space is just in these these few paragraphs. But I think maybe if we carry forward, we'll figure out what's going on. But either way, this mother likes her front load a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I see motherhood as a burden. Necessary, yes, but still a burden. My son's name is Jesse. He's 11. That's fifth grade for the math haters. <laughs> well, I already like Andrea because I am a math hater. <laughs> That's why I went into English. Uh, Jesse started the fifth grade th- this year like any other kid would. There was a little bit of trepidation and lots of excitement. He was a happy-go-lucky sort of kid, full of life and energy. All that changed when he met Stan on Tuesday. Howdy, I'm Stan of Stan's previously owned vessels, and I'll stand on my head to make you a deal. What sort of craft are you looking for today? Big, little, fast, slow? You want it? I got it. And if I don't got it, I'll get it. I want to make sure you leave here with something you're happy with, because if I'm not happy, you're not happy. But I know you're going to leave here happy today. How do I know? Just look at all these ships. Every one I sell is a barton. Take a look around. <laughs> Sorry, that's for all the... That's for everybody who, who likes uh, The Secret of Monkey Island out there. I knew that sounded vaguely familiar, but I couldn't place it. <laughs> it's all good. I can't believe I memorized that monologue. Yeah, that was impressive. Wow. Oh, you know what? I know why. And it's because uh, when I was in an acting class in college, I, we, we had to do fun monologues. And I took the op- I decided I wanted to share. I was on a Monkey Island kick at the time. So I memorized that whole bit of Stan's uh, delivery and then did it for the entire, uh, did it for the acting workshop. Wow, nice. Wow, that's and- yeah. Hmm? Uh, I was just going to say it's impressive that you still, you know, remember it, didn't skip a beat. <laughs> I, it, it, it's weird that it stuck with me that far. But then I also remember the entirety of the opening monologue of uh, Henry V. So um, if anyone's interested, I, I'll do it sometime on the show. Just, <laughs> just ask. Another uh, Patreon stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> David will perform all of Henry V. Or at least all the chorus parts. Uh, uh, So we have Stan. Uh, Stan was a late addition to Jesse's class, a transfer student from another district. Jesse's teacher sat Stan next to Jesse. When I picked Jesse up after school on Tuesday, he told me that Stan was his new best friend. He wasn't acting like himself, though. He was pale and sweaty. I took his temperature, but he wasn't running a fever. I asked about his day, and he all he would tell me was that Stan was his new best friend. Stan's my new best friend, Jesse would say, somewhat redundantly. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all he would say. Everything. <laughs> no wonder this. No wonder he's creeped out. Would you like a sandwich? Stan's my new best friend. <laughs> would you like a sandwich? <laughs> Stan's my new best friend. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Uh, I know. I can't wait to meet him, I'd say back. Mom, Stan is great. You should meet him. He's my new best friend. The best in the world. 
We must have had this same conversation a thousand times that night. When I tucked Jesse in bed, he looked up at me with tears in his eyes. He put his little hand in front of his face and wiggled his index finger, telling me to come closer. I bent over him and put his hands on either side, and he put his hands on either to either side of his mouth. You know, the the little kid way of telling a secret. Well, I turned my head, and he whispered something into my ear that chilled me. At the time, I didn't know why it chilled me, but it did. Mm. Hey. Mm. Um. He whispered, "You believe me, right, Mom?" I sat back up and looked down at him. Believe you about what, honey? Stan, he said. Stan's my new best friend. I believe Stan sold you a ship. I don't know if I necessarily believe that he's your best friend. I nodded and took his temperature once more. Again, he wasn't running a fever. I went to bed, but couldn't really sleep that night. Hmm. I'm... Sorry, were you gonna say something? Yeah, I was gonna say. So far, I mean, it's kind of, I, I, in a sort of an, I like, I kind of like this so far. It's just like the awkwardness is interesting. I hope it. The, the, I, I'm always, I mean, again, and I feel like I can be more forgiving than some of than um than uh, Dead Palette on some of these things. But like the chill yeah. thing, I can give a pass to because it's not. And even the front loading at the beginning, because the, the the premise with no sleep for the again, I feel like I need to reiterate this for anyone new coming in. No sleep's premise is that everything on no sleep is true, even if you know. It's kind of like it's kind of like the idea that um, you know no one is not going to be like, oh, this, this is fake. Like you're yeah, supposed to it's pretend kayfabe. it's real. It's kayfabe. So um, in that essence. Um, I don't think that's it's it, it definitely reads like a no sleep story, even the big bit at the beginning, which while in most cases I feel like comes on a little strong, I can give a pass because I'm actually really intrigued with the scenario so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Wednesday, when I pulled up to the school to drop Jesse off, he got this really weird look on his face and told me that he didn't want to go in. Are you feeling sick? I asked. No, he said. He was chewing on his bottom lip like crazy. This was something I'd never seen him do. No, I need to go to school. He opened the car door and got out. No goodbye. No, I love you. Nothing. He trudged up the front steps of the school with his head down. I let off the brake and turned away to drive to work. A little boy was standing right in front of my car. Two more seconds and I would have run him over. The boy was pale and with a mop of blonde hair that was almost white and bright blue eyes. He knocked on the hood of my car twice, waved once, and walked up the stairs to the school. Ooh, spooky. Uh, <laughs> when I picked Jesse up after school on Wednesday, he looked a lot better. He was a tiny bit paler than normal, but he seemed happy. He told me all about his day. He told me about dinosaurs and music and math, and then he told me about recess. And then after math period, we had recess. Mom, you'll never guess what I did today at recess. You told the other kid that Stan was your very best friend. Stan's my best friend. I'm glad things are back to normal. (laughs) Tell me, I said, smiling to myself as I'm driving. Wait. Uh, As I'm... Uh, Okay, tense. After you picked him up. Okay. Um... I'm thinking tag, football, keep away. All the yeah, things that's I rem- a bit of a tense shift. Yeah. All the things I remember the boys doing at recess when I was that age. Something benign, something normal. 
I joined a church. <laughs> I frowned at this. A church? At recess? Jesse nodded. The Church of Stan. Dear, I think there's an A missing in there somewhere. <laughs> I would be less worried if my kid said he joined the Church of Satan. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, you know, Satanists tend to be cool people. I know a couple. <laughs> it's, uh, what's the Church of Stan? Oh, wait. I thought, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that it must be some sort of new make-believe game that the kids were playing. What's the Church of Stan? I asked. It's Stan's church, Mom. Jesse laughed like I was the silliest person in the world for asking that question. He gets us together and he sells us previously used boats. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of need for boats on the playground. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's one of those playgrounds that has a play equipment that looks like a pirate ship, so... <laughs> one of them rich kid schools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what, uh, what do you guys do, though? You know, as members, I asked. Lots of stuff. Today, though, we just listened to Stan talk. He was saying some funny words, and I got sleepy and dozed off. A bunch of us did. I, I pulled into the driveway at home, and we got out. I like how she's just like, hmm, okay, mass hypnosis, not a big problem. <laughs> huh, y'all passed out for no reason. That's, <laughs> that's, that's fine. This is uh, some, some event, this is some sort of crazy event horizon on the playground, but okay, whatever. Um... What was it? I asked. Oh, <laughs> I thought there was just a long pause. <laughs> <laughs> it just she just turns around, looks at him for a few seconds, turns back around, never mentions it again. Five minutes later, they pull into the driveway. She hasn't said anything. He starts to unbuckle. What is it? I asked. <laughs> Things sounded weird for sure, but the kids didn't seem to be doing anything wrong. Stan gave us flyers too. Jesse pulled out a crinkled up piece of paper and handed it to me. It was a piece of manila paper with three words written in black marker. Church of Stan! Again, weird, but nothing wrong. I just thought the boys were making are playing make-believe. They were making play-believe. <laughs> they were, they were uh, believing play, but I'm abandoning this. I was wrong. <laughs> I... It is strange that she has no concern that they all just passed out in the middle of recess. Yeah, she's just kind of like, hmm, uh, okay. Hmm. That's fine. Kids just fall asleep and don't remember. All you know. kids in, in unison, apparently. Uh, when I picked Jesse up at school, or after school yesterday, I could tell that something was very wrong with my little boy. He looked panicked and scared. What's going on, honey? I asked, reaching out to feel his forehead. No fever. We played the soul game today, he said. Jesse's head was on a swivel. He couldn't sit still. He kept looking all around as we headed home. The soul game? I asked. Jesse just nodded and kept trying to look everywhere at once. Beads of sweat dotted his upper lip. What's the soul game? I asked. Jesse shook his head no and said nothing. Jesse, what's the soul game? I asked. I told him I didn't want to play. I didn't want to, but he said he wouldn't be my friend anymore if I didn't play. And Stan's my very best friend. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I have cred with this guy. I don't want to mess that up. Well, today is he's my best friend. <laughs> um, who wouldn't be a friend? Where were the teachers? Jesse started breathing harder, but still answered. 
It happened in the church, he said. Then he whispered, Teachers aren't allowed in the church. The church of Satan? I mean, Stan? I asked. Uh, Jesse nodded, and a tear slipped down his cheek. What's the soul game, Jesse? I'm your mother. You tell me right now, and I'll take care of everything, I said. I can't tell you, Mom. I can't. The rules are bad. They're so bad. I love the rules. They're so bad. <laughs> Turns out one of the other members of the Church of Stand was Lucas. Uh, can you picture that mullet on a on a an eleven year old? Actually, yes. <laughs> wasn't he like eleven or something in the the wizard? I don't know. I think he was like thirteen or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, we're just slightly younger. This is when this is set. Uh, What about Stan, I asked. Will Stan tell me the rules? No! (laughs) Sorry. Um, Jesse screamed this and scared me half to death. Don't ask him the rules. Please don't, Mom, please. I pulled into the driveway, scared and confused. Promise me, Mom. Promise me, promise me, promise me, promise me, please. Oh, man. Jesse was bawling now, terrified. I took him into my arms and rocked him. I hadn't rocked him like that since he'd been in kindergarten. He fell asleep in my arms, and I carried him inside. I took him straight to his room and got him ready for bed. He just needs sleep, I keep telling myself. All he needs is sleep. I would have thought he got plenty of that at school, though. You know... Not unexpectedly, but you know. (laughs) The prize sleep didn't know you wanted. Mm. Is our protagonist not... The brightest crayon in the box. Doesn't care enough about her child. <laughs> Although, in fairness, she did start by saying that she thought motherhood was a burden. Mm-hmm. So, But it's like a burden that you take on and it's worth it, right? Isn't that what she was saying? I... She said it was necessary. Oh, uh, okay. So she's just like, oh, my kid's being weird. But you think at this point she will, hopefully she, she starts taking some action because the kid is freaking out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she seems just like the bare minimum of concern for her child. Mm. Like, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, kids will be kids. Cults will be cults, you know. Kids join the, the darndest churches. <laughs> kids worship the darkest gods. I, uh, uh, I put him to bed and ate dinner alone. I checked up on him around nine when I went to bed. He seemed to be sleeping well, or well, so I decided to let him sleep. I put him to bed and ate dinner alone. Remember how I mentioned I'm a single mom? Well, just putting that on the table again. <laughs> and I'm lonely. <laughs> this is, imagine if this suddenly turned into a dating profile. <laughs> the worst dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I'm terrible at taking care of my kid as he's slowly ens- ensorcelled by Eldritch Magic. <laughs> And if you're not at least six feet tall, I'm not interested. <laughs> I have very strict standards. Uh, whoever I date has to be taller than me. By the way, I'm six foot five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I woke up to him screaming at the top of his lungs. Eighteen minutes, uh, eighteen minutes after midnight last re- last night, I ran to his room, but he wasn't in his bed. I turned on the light, and Jesse came flying out of the closet like something was chasing him. He lashed into my leg and kept screaming. I tried to calm him down and ask what was wrong at the same time. He wasn't making any sense. He kept screaming about the soul game. 
He was impossible. I kept asking what that was, but he wouldn't tell me. I tried to put him back to bed, but he would not. He would have none of it. Finally, I just took him to my room, and he slept in my bed. Jesse fell right to sleep. I was lay, or lying on my side, watching him, stroking his hair, when his eyes popped open, and he stared right into mine. I'll tell you the rules after school tomorrow, lady, he said. Then he closed his eyes. What was going on with my kid? You, you do gotta wonder. I mean, you should probably go to school and find that little stand jerk and just be like, What did you do to my son? What yes. have you done? Give me back my son. <laughs> I will find you, and I will kill you. Uh, in the darkness, I stared at the ceiling for a long time before rolling over to my side and staring into the bathroom. Uh, you know how when you're on the edge of sleep, sometimes your leg will kick and jerk you awake? Or you'll imagine you're falling, or that you've just tripped over something and get jerked awake? Really like that jerkin'. <laughs> the gibbering jerker strikes again. That happened to me all last night. Only I kept being ripped from sleep by seeing something in the doorway to the bathroom. Oh, God. <laughs> Every time my eyes would start to slip shut, I'd see the dark outline of something large in the doorway and jerk awake. Of course, nothing would be there, and I would start falling asleep again. The outline would appear in the doorway once more, but it would be closer to me, like it had taken a baby step. Over and over, this happened until morning. That's actually... Okay, so I've mentioned this before on the show, but um, that's actually something that goes back to a primordial, like, for, for, for me, a primordial, like, fear, which is the idea that, of looking down a hallway and seeing something dark that's not moving, but it's slowly getting closer. So that actually, yeah. is, that's effective imagery right there. Yeah, yeah, I think that works really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning, on the way to school, Jesse seemed out of it. All right, or did I read the last one? The the line there over and over. Yeah, I think I did that. Did, did, oh yeah, okay. Um, so I think it's me then. It's um, you. yeah. This morning, uh, this morning on the way to school, Jesse seemed out of it, lethargic. I felt the same way. I was even more exhausted. I thought of asking Jesse about what he'd said right before he fell asleep, but I couldn't. I was afraid it would send him into hysterics again, so I left it alone. I drove him to school, and he didn't say a word the whole time. He was acting like a robot, listless, unemotional. I got a call shortly after dropping him off to come pick him back up. He'd vomited in class. When I picked him up, he was the same. I asked him several questions, but he only gave me grunts in response. The plan at home was to get him changed out of his dirty clothes and then take him to the doctor. He didn't say anything until he pulled into the, into the driveway. Can Stan come over today? He asked. He stared out the windshield at the garage door. You're not feeling well, honey. And do you really want him to come over? I asked. I wanted to meet this kid, but it didn't sound like Jesse wanted him to come over. I, however, wanted to get to the bottom of things. I wanted to get... Uh, I wanted to get that little shithead over here so I could find out why he's hexing my son. Like, honestly, come on. <laughs> my son, there's a mystery afoot. <laughs> like Zoink Scoop! Yes, Jesse said. Okay, I said. Do you have his parents' number? 
He already asked his parents, and they said it was okay. We have to wait until he's out of class, and I'd still like to talk to his parents. Okay. Jesse got out of the car, and we walked to the house. You have their number? I asked as I shut the door. Yes, it's 666. <laughs> Area code 666 <laughs> Um, No, he said. I started to ask him how I was supposed to call them if I didn't have their number, but someone knocked on the door. I was still st- I was still standing right next to it. I opened the door, and standing on my front step was the pale little boy with the blue eyes and the mop of white blonde hair that I'd almost run over on Wednesday. A little girl stood next to him with the same complexion. Uh, yes? I asked. Hi, Driz, the little boy said. Is Jesse home? The little boy standing on my front porch shouldn't have known that name. It was a nickname from college. Oh, hi, Driz. Wow. It was my nickname from college, created on a drunken night amongst my girlfriends, shortened from Drizzy. No, I said. That's fine, the little girl said. My name is Devin, and you already know my brother's name. Stan, I said. That's right. The little girl covered her mouth and giggled. Stan smiled and shrugged. It's really quite simple. Rule one. Don't walk past mirrors in the dark. Rule two, don't leave any doors open when you go to bed tonight. Ask your son what rule three is, and remember, a creak means you're falling behind. A rustle means you're almost lost. When the lights go down, hopefully you won't see the dark shadow standing in the corner of your room. Hopefully you won't hear it breathing as your eyes shut and you begin to drift off. And if you hear a bang, well, hopefully you never hear a bang. Yikes. Stan turned and walked away with his sister. I stared after them both and shook my head. I wouldn't play their stupid game. That game is stupid. I won't play it. That's dumb. Also, she's not standing there going, how the fuck did you know my name? My college nickname? She's not the most curious. No. Apparently, asking questions is a burden. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was was a strange little encounter. Oh, well, I won't play their game. I walked into the house and found Jesse sitting at the kitchen table, crying. What's wrong, I asked. Uh, I heard a bang, he whispered. My mouth went dry. When does the game end? I asked. It doesn't, he whispered. It never ends. My heart started beating faster. What's the third rule, Jesse? His face fell, and he sucked in a deep breath. Rule three. Knowing all three rules makes you a player. Oh, no! You know what this is? Smile Dog. It's Smile Dog, but it's also uh, the game. Remember when the game was really popular? Yeah. Everybody's playing the game all the time. When you think about the game, you lose the game. Does anyone even play that anymore? Uh, you know, beats me. It always bothered me because I was like, I, 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 people would be like, you just lost the game. And I'd be like, what? And like, ah, you, we all lost. I'm like, 
I'm not playing. And there's like one of the rules is you're always playing the game. Everybody everywhere is always. I'm like, don't put me in your. Don't put me in this nonsense. I have no vested interest in this whatsoever. Leave leave me out. No, you're playing the game. Don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. If anyone's still playing the game, though, I guess that means they're really good at it. I guess so. But but the weird thing is, if you lost the game, you can just immediately start playing again. Is that I never understood it. It was it was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no argument for me there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> so, uh, maybe we... But what happens when you... So, nothing... There were no consequences for losing that game, though. No. No, I guess not. Um, <laughs> uh, my stomach dropped. What happens if you lose? When it's dark, you'll hear them coming. They like to let you know when they're getting close. Who? Stan and Devin, Jesse said. They'll reach out through the mirrors or open doorways and drag you through. How do you win? I asked. You win if you tell more people the rules to the soul game than the person that told you does. <laughs> like I said, no sleep. I am so sorry. <laughs> but thanks for helping, really. I'm going to enjoy my newfound freedom, and I hope you enjoy your night. Give Stan and Devin my best. See why I said smile dog? <laughs> it's the smile dog ending. It is the smile dog ending. I, I think this is a lot better than smile dog. Actually, yes, I'd say it's better than smile dog. Um, that was fun. That was a fun little story, actually. Yeah. I, I think I, I kind of like. Okay, so it doesn't explain who Stan and Devin are. It doesn't explain the whole Church of Stan thing. Nor do I. Nor do I think it needs to. I kind of. Like, yeah, I think it's funny though that it's like it's it's like just a, the the least subtle nod at Satan and Devil. Yeah, Stan and Devin. Yeah. Yeah, that's just um. Well, they tried. <laughs> yeah. But it's like just like the transparency of it. I think I think it works to the story's credit because it's like it's obvious, you know. The whole story. Well, I mean, reading this, you can't take the story too seriously. The whole thing is pretty tongue in cheek. Yeah, Honestly. and this is and this is why I chose this to begin with because this story is like trope central, really, of it's, of of creepy pasta. Right. Um, from my observations, though, it's it's trope heavy, but it's it's not cliche heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, and, can, and that's why I like it. Yeah. Oh, I get and I get you. I mean, I can kind of roll my eyes a little bit at the bits about, uh, you know the. Uh, Andrea, our mom, not being uh, the brightest. Jelly, our mother. <laughs> not, not the yeah, yeah, but you know, um, it worked out okay because it was just like, oh, is this is posting a no sleep? That's all I have to do. Well, okay then. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess that means that, um, I don't know. Are the we- the actual rules of the game are a little like confusing because he's he he started or he did he is he like the first one in the game then jesse because he heard it from the source i mean maybe i mean this is where it started um all the stuff at school was weird but i think what happened was the church of stan came and then he told literally everybody in that play group the the rules of the game they all passed out because the game was so because that was like so intense i guess i don't know yeah but um (laughs) That means that that she really does not care that her son lost then, because he was with a group of kids who heard the rules and 
Like unless he he or he only told her. And so unless he tells more people before he gets disappeared or whatever, then he's lost, you know? Could but she does not care. No, no, not at all. Could she have, could, you know, she could have easily credited this post to both of them and maybe there's an arbitrary. See, like, I don't understand enough about this game's random arbitrary rule. It's, it's the, it's the freaking game. It's just the freaking game. Like we just talked about. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just a weird thing. And I guess now we're playing, apparently, because now we've read it and we've shared it on <laughs> this podcast yeah. with everybody. So I guess we're all playing the Soul game now, everybody. Yeah. Hope you know a lot of people. I also hope... Oh, this is good. So, oh, no, this is good. This is good. So if you want to make sure you, you survive the game, you're going to have to share this podcast with literally everyone you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's viral marketing. Yeah. There we go. Um, it's like... um. You know, uh, remember back in the day when it was like cursed chain letters and stuff like that? Yeah. There's chain letters and then it was emails and now it's like these creepy um, little anecdotal uh, horror stories. Yeah. You know, I'm, I am I know I'm, I'm younger than you. I'm uh, 24. But I still at one point did receive an actual physical chain letter in the mail. That's more than I can say. I've never received a physical chain letter. <laughs> That's yeah, a... I, I don't know why. It was I think it was when I was in elementary school, and one of my classmates sent it to me, and I was like, this is odd. I well, did not send it on. Well, at least it wasn't a pen pal situation, as far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, as, as soon as I say that, I wonder if people out there are like, do I have money going to do pen pals? Well, when I feel like it. <laughs> would, I mean, that would take even longer than Baraska. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do Baraska first. I will say, if you want to hear a good analysis of Pen Pals, um, and I'm going to give a shout-out to another show here, uh, Scare Your Friends did a really good cover of that, um, I think. Um, that would be that's Skillfully um, doing that one. He's a fellow member of the Too Spooky community. Um, and it's worth, a, it's worth a look. I know I've given them a shout-out before, but um, I had never actually read Pen Pals. I'd been kind of saving it, and I was going to read it. And then I found out they were going to be covering it on Scare Your Friends, so I listened to that instead. And part of what made it so fun to listen to is the reactions of all of uh, Skillfully's uh, friends on that, who are just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Scare Your Friends. Uh, if, if you want to hear people talk about pen pals, go listen to those two episodes. Um, isn't it? A, it? He turned it into a whole book, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah. One, uh, 1,000 Vultures. Ethan Auerbach, I think. I, I always want to say Dan Auerbach, but that's one of the guys from the Black Keys. So. <laughs> hey, that's fair. I keep uh, we, we kept making references to that uh, Peter or Paul Lauer from uh, Crybaby Lane. <laughs> and yet we keep saying Eric Lauer. And I know for a fact that he's a uh, he's in the Magic the Gathering like development team or creative team or something like that. Yeah, you definitely said Matt Lauer at least once. Or Matt Lauer. <laughs> Uh, it happens though, but yeah. Um, while I'm not crazy about the like, I, I don't find these post like the the kind that are like now you're cursed particularly scary because I just don't see it being viable. But I liked I liked this one actually. I thought it was I thought it was kind of interesting. It was kind of fun, kind of tongue in cheek fun. And uh, the reason this one works better than those is because like it does it it doesn't do it all at once. It's like here's the first rule, here's the second rule. And but you don't know that like something like like in Smile Dog, you know that seeing the image like makes you one of them or whatever, you know, like right. 
it gives you the nightmares. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what it is until you hear it. Right. So it's like it's the it's the the one one thing that I like to say about no sleep is the the primary theme of most no no sleep stories is regret. Like I regret doing this. Uh-huh. Um that's like if I like if I mean a perfect no sleep drinking game would be every time you encounter the phrase I wish I hadn't. <laughs> I guarantee you that's it. like in I don't know it's got to be in like at least like half the stories on there. Oh yeah. At or least uh, like even up. the good ones. Right? Um yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's amazing how many times it's actually just that verbatim, but yeah, some some variation of that appears in most no sleep stories. Um, and I think that's like the the like overall theme of regret that that, that is so like you know. Well, uh, I, yeah, I feel like um, because that exists in such abundance, you could uh, to any authors out there, you might want to avoid it. Just an idea. If you want to come off as unique, a good. Uh, I often like the stories that open with, "Yeah, here's a weird thing that happened to me," and doesn't isn't overtly. Uh, you know, this is this is following the Ashcan school uh, idea of you know this is a weird thing that happened to me, or you know you can have Ashcan stories with regret, but even so, like I think it's better to just kind of drop the whole hardly a day goes by where I don't, and I'm I am completely guilty of this too in some of my older work. Um, it's just something you have to write out of your system. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's not like always necessarily like a big point in the story. Sometimes it's like, I looked at something and I wish I hadn't like that kind of stuff. That's fine. But that is such, yeah. It's just funny. Like, cause now, or as soon as I noticed that I heard it like all the time or saw it all the time. Um, so, but, uh, the, what I was going to say about that is that this one is kind of turns out on its head because it's like it makes the reader regret reading it, you know, or like that's the intention anyway, right. regardless of whether it actually does. But that's like the the goal is to make you you say, "I wish I hadn't read this." Right. I'm actually curious how how seriously people uh, like to, to to go with the no sleep idea. There's 200 comments here, or the top 200 comments out of like around 500 or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, this story has been around since 2012. At least. Yeah. And uh, the top comment is just, I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to say whether, or like, and then, like, one of the other ones is, you suck, but you're a genius. Yep. I figured out how to conquer your fear of the dark, says puking. Whenever you enter a room, turn off the lights and immediately start masturbating. I guarantee no monster wants any part of that. And to make sure they don't come back, right before you finish, look at the corner and whisper tenderly, this one's for you. Uh, but the, what if it's the gibbering jerker? <laughs> That's not going to work. I don't know if Stan or Devin are the gibbering jerker, but that is a good strategy. I think, well, here's the thing. If it's the gibbering jerker, uh, you'll know because you'll hear the, you'll, you'll hear him long before you see him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had almost fallen asleep when, when out of the, the corner of my ear, I heard a jerkin. I heard a jerkin and a twerkin. <laughs> I'm not sure how I heard the twerking part, but certainly a, jer- a jerking and a gibbering. Well, time to move to another state. <laughs> time to move out of the country. Ah oh, man. Well, this is yeah. So no, this was this was enjoyable. I like I like this one. It's not it's 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 not fantastic, but I do um, yeah. I do think it's it, cute. It's cute. Yeah, and it definitely has at least a modicum of self awareness. Oh I yeah. Think- 
Oh yeah, and I think that's a big plus to that. I I, I based on I, I've heard of uh, I had actually heard of Bloodworth before this. I haven't read anything else by him, but I know that there's the repu- uh, Bloodworth has a reputation for being a competent writer and uh, knowing what works in a story. You know. Yeah. So uh, props to you, Bloodworth. This was uh, this was entertaining. Yeah. Right. So I guess the best way to, to cap this off would be to go with the freshness rating. So, uh, TJ, what do you want to give it? Oh, um, I, I don't know. I didn't have anything in mind. Uh, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I will give it um, I'll give it my two. My usual, which is my, my thing out of a thing, and then my like food analogy. Um, this was like... Um, this was like eating a big bag of microwave popcorn. Like, it was good. It's not going to fill you up. I mean, it might a little bit, but it's it's good while it lasts. Yeah. And you'll look back on it and go, maybe I'll have that again later. It's not gourmet <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but it's 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 tasty snack food. Yeah. Yep. And for my, and I also give this story a, uh, a sea monkey out of dozens upon dozens of uh, previously owned vessels. Uh, you know that's the secret origin of uh, Midnight Marinara is that once upon a time I wanted to do a Monkey Island radio play and it just never panned out huh yeah Um, the truth is out there yeah did you did you write a script for that I did I still have it you should you should do that sometime as like an April Fool's or something (laughs) I would love to except uh, LucasArts is now owned by Disney Mm. So, <laughs> just change all the names, you know. It's fine. <laughs> These names have been changed to protect the innocent, and by the innocent, I mean me from uh, copyright hawks. <laughs> uh, TJ, while you're here, is there anything you'd like to plug? Ah, uh, not really. To to quote one of my favorite videos from The Onion, I'm just some fucking guy. <laughs> Well, you're a great, uh, you're a great fucking guy and a talented uh, voice voiceover uh, individual. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I put on my resume: voiceover individual. Voiceover individual, a VOI. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you what, I'll make a plug for you. You want to hear more of TJ's work? Uh, listen to the Midnight Marinara episodes that he was in. Uh, you'll want to start with uh, Candle Cove. Um, he was also in The Disappearance of Ashley, Kansas, and he is the primary, pretty much the primary voice in The Song and Dance Man. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. I'm glad. Um, I feel like, uh, I had, um, you, you did a really good job differentiating your, your young guy voice and your old guy voice. Yeah, that, that, I did, that did really, like, dry out my throat, though. I, I, (laughs) (laughs) it was, it, it's a, you know, it wears on you after a while doing that. That's completely understandable. I mean, uh, I asked a lot of you in that one because I was like, oh, I was going to cast an actual old person to be you, but then it didn't just work out. So. No, I mean, I'm, I was glad to do it. I, I'm, I'd do it again. And you shall. Uh, stay tuned because you never know when TJ will pop up again, either on um, either on Midnight Marinara or possibly here again on Undercooked Analysis. Or the doorway of your closet as you try to fall asleep. Dun, dun, dun. Say hi to Stan and Devin for me. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it 
at bendunetwork.com.